Hi everybody, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And welcome to It Takes Two, a podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And in this week's episode we watched Dread... Uh, Dread? <laughs> <laughs> we watched Dread. <laughs> we watched Dread and the Raid Redemption. Yes. Um, Dread being the movie that I wanted a sequel for, and the Raid, I'm happy it got a sequel. Fair enough. But you hadn't watched The Raid. No, I'd seen Dread before because... It I was, made you watch it. Yeah, it was one of the first things we watched together when we moved in together, I think. That's sweet. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I like it. I like both these movies. I Yeah, I like both these movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm, they're good movies. Um, the fact Carl Urban had, like, the Dread face even when not on scene. Yeah, me up. that is, like, one of, the, one of my favourite trivia, trivia pieces about it was that he literally... Um, refused to smile or take the helmet off at any point during filming, even between takes. Um, and he kept the scowl on the whole time. And at one point, someone made a joke on set, and he gave him the dread stare, and the the cast member immediately apologized to him. <laughs> 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 um, because he just was staying in character. I just yeah. love the idea of like him like on his lunch break with the dread scowl, like eating a burrito or something. Yeah. Know? Uh, he is pretty dedicated because I remember he's in uh, Chronicles of Riddick, which you haven't seen yet. Which I will see. And, Ooh, mysterious. Yeah, and he really went hard with that one as well, which we'll talk about when we get to that episode. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. spoilers for our podcast. For yeah, once. spoilers for the podcast, not only just the movies we watch. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's jump in. Um, obviously, we, we, we all know our, my feelings. Our feelings. The feelings. My feelings. <laughs> yeah. I like both movies. Yeah. Um, so these are both movies about people on kind of police forces. So one is a SWAT team member in... Special Forces. Is he Special Forces? Yeah, they're, they're literally nis- listed in the credits as Special Forces. Oh, okay. Because on IMDb it's all SWAT, yeah. is what it says. But basically the equivalent of SWAT team members in... Jakarta and in Indonesia. Yeah, and um, they're being set up to raid a tower. Yes. Which has a uh, kingpin of yeah, crime a, at the top of it. Yeah, like a, a, a guy who's got an in-house drug lab, etc., etc. He work. He lives on the top. Lives and works from the top floor of the the, the block. And in dread, uh, it's judges who are um, judge, executioner, and jury. Or whatever order you want to put those in. The correct order. <laughs> judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, but in the movie he says jury, executioner, and judge. Yeah. So it's we've I've, we've just said it in every possible combination now. Um, but yeah, so they are going in to this to also a block that has a drug lord slash kingpin at the top of the block, but they don't know about it when they go in. Yeah. That's the difference. Um, That's the big difference between those movies. I will say one thing about the 2000 AD universe is they love the word mega. Because it's right. Mega City 1 and Mega Blocks. Yeah, and we're in a Mega Block in Mega City 1. Mega Highways. Yes. I love the universe. Um, have you seen the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd movie? No, I haven't. Okay. That would be fun to watch. I know one of the IMDb trivia for this one was that it's the exact same length as that one. That's interesting. Dur- like duration, it's the exact same, ninety six minutes, both them. It's um, it has a very nineties feel. Mm. So you know how in the 
sort of golden age Batman movies, mm. Gotham feels very Gotham from the comic books. Right. It's very gothic irony. And, <laughs> um, you know, everything, the architecture is really overblown and yeah. it's all crazy. And that's this very similar way they did Judge Dredd okay. with Stallone. Because, like, the architecture is a little bit more dramatic than it is in um, just Dredd. Yeah, I really enjoyed Dread though, for... It's like futuristic realism, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because everything looks very industrial and very... Yeah, so they and they have, like, the high-tech weapons and the whatever, but that's because they are the law enforcement, whereas the guys they're fighting against don't necessarily have... They have very much street-level yeah, kind of stuff. Arms. Yeah, they're all, and some of them seem to be very ragtag and poorly maintained and things. Mm-hmm. And in both movies, the block that you're in is very much the slums, kind of. Yeah. So in in The Raid, I feel like they show that by having them drive through all this area where it's clearly all, you know... Run down. Yeah, very yeah. run down. And in Dread, they talk about it. It's when they're in the block. Um, and because they, they... What happens is, in Dread, they're called to this block because there's been a triple homicide. Yeah. Um, And he's taken on a rookie partner to just assess her for a day and he lets her choose the assignment which is why they end up there but when they're there they're talking to someone and that person tells them you know about the drug lord and about yeah. how the, terrible the block has become and he and he's like how has this happened and he says well we don't get judges here very much yeah um so it's it's very much a kind of ignored part of the city that no one has been to, you know, law enforcement haven't been to in a long time. But then you see the overhead shots, especially at the end of the movie, and then you realise how many of these blocks there are. Yes. And how many people will be living in them. Because what did you say, like 20,000? No, it was like 8 million or something. I, I can't remember. I took it down. No, it's 800 eight, million. That's in, in mega... Oh, in, in megastructures. So it's 800 million in all the megastructures combined. Yeah. So I can't remember how much it is per one. Yeah. I think that's mentioned, but I didn't write it down either. Yeah, but it was 800 million people living within megastructures in megacities. So. Um, going on to the similarities between these two movies. Um, yeah, there's lots of them. There's both the beginning of the movies have like a gear-up sequence. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because we get very different introductions to the characters. Yeah. Because in Dread, our introduction to Dread is him in a car chase on a, where he's on a motorcycle and he's chasing down these people and he just gives no shits. He's like, whatever, this is a normal day for me. Yeah. Doing this car chase and then it's only they hit a pedestrian and he's like, okay, now I take them down. And then he just, like, do, not even a change in his tone and he, and he literally destroys them. Yeah. Um, whereas in The Raid, we get um, Rama doing a very, very quiet early morning workout scene. And yeah. that's our introduction to him, is like almost total silence, very early in the morning. He's not wanting to wake up his pregnant wife before he goes to work. Um, and he's just very dedicated to his workout, and that's what we get. So both of them is, you know, the the main character is clear. We're shown very early, they're clearly quite tough and strong. And stoic. Yes, and stoic. Um, but we're shown it in very different ways, yeah. I think. Um, the other similarity is there's also, uh, with the three that are executed by Mama, who's the clan leader of, um, the peach trees and, mm-hmm. and yeah. trees. Yeah, I thought it was funny that the, the, 
kingpins of them of both movies are Mama and Tama. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's also Mama a sequence Tama. in the beginning where he executes yes. a bunch of dudes. We don't there. know why they're being executed though. I don't think it's no. said. He just he just actually gets funded. Yeah. Um. Whereas Mama, it's because. Um, they were selling, yeah. trying to sell drugs on their turf. Yeah. So it's a it's a turf war and. They make a big show of it. So they have this drug called slow-mo, which makes everything move out. Was it one one hundredth of a of real time to them? Is yeah, that what they say? it slows your, your perception of time down. Yeah, so everything to you feels like it's moving in really extreme slow motion. Um, and they get, dose these guys up with it and then throw them off the balcony of level 200. So they have to fall 200 floors, which they say later in the movie is a whole kilometer yeah. down. After skinning them alive. Yeah. yeah. So it's fun. Yes. Um, Anderson, who's his rookie partner, is a, a mutant. Mm-hmm. Um, with, if she's the most powerful psychic that the um, Hall of... What is it called? Hall of... Judgment? Hall, Hall of Justice. Hall of Justice, yes. Um, has ever come across, and that's why, even though she's below pass rate, they're you know, giving her a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I love that sequence. It's like, you throw her in the deep end, and his response is just, it's all deep end. Yeah. Um, like, certainly throw her in the deep end. In both movies, they have, like, a lockdown sequence, where mm-hmm. in peach trees, it's physical. Like, they close the blast doors on peach trees for, yeah. like, in case of a nuclear attack. And in uh, the raid, they turn all the lights off, and obviously they're surrounded by everybody. Their escape gets taken out. Um, by snipers, the mm-hmm. van gets taken. Well, their watch gets taken out by snipers. Their van gets taken out by um, some dudes on the street, and uh, that's sort of how they're, they're both sort of stuck inside. Which is a very nice way of putting the back feed on law enforcement, if that makes sense, mm. for a storytelling point of view. Yeah, and there is, in terms of story, there's reasons for them to be to not have backup in both. Yeah. So in um, dread, they're just responding to this homicide, so they're not expecting to go through everything they go through, yeah. and they shut down everything as they're taking the guy that killed the men out. Yeah. Um, because they're gonna interrogate him to you because know, they they don't they're ninety nine percent sure he killed them. Yeah. Um, and it's when they go to take him out to interrogate him that Mama is like, no, he can't talk. Yeah. Um, so that's when they go into lockdown. So at the point that they go into lockdown. Dredd and Anderson have no, did not know the full extent of what was going on or what would have gone on. Yeah. So they hadn't called for backup. And then when they go into lockdown, their comms go down. Yeah. Um, whereas in the Raid Redemption, it's the, spoilers, the um, lieutenant that's with them is corrupt. And this isn't actually an official mission. And no one knows that they're there, essentially. Yeah. It's so basically it's just, a long-winded his execution. Yeah. Yes. What you find at the end of the movie. So it's so it's one team are there and they don't have backup and they haven't called for backup and no one knows where they are or what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I love the chem work in both these movies. Mm. I think Raid has... I'm not a huge fan of shaky chem. It's become sort of a crutch for bad filmmaking, in my opinion, for mm-hmm. action movies. Like I can think of some of the... Um, recenter action-y movies with Liam Neeson and I th- even think um, who's the other guy who was in Jason Bourne Matt Damon right the, the camera work is getting shoddier 
Okay. Because you're not getting the crispness of the fight scene because mainly when you have two multi-million dollar actors, you don't want them actually hitting each other. Right. Where it comes to these these actual stunt dudes who are like sort of the new generation of, at the time, they were the new generation of, you know, I am an actor and also a stuntman and I know how to kick butt. Mm. Um, they're allowing them to really take center stage of the uh, the camera where I think, you know, like a Liam Neeson movie he's in his 60s, I don't think he's actually going to go toe-for-toe with some young dude. Right. Um, it's interesting you say that, because in the raid, um, as we noticed looking through the credits, only one of them had a double. Yeah. Um, and every actor who played a member of the SWAT team went through a full training program with the Indonesian Navy Special Ops yep. to make sure they study the techniques that they actually use in the force and the weapons they use in the hand signals and stuff. So, it's all, so they were all... They all basically trained as Navy Special Ops for the movie. Um, so it's no wonder that they're able to hold their own and, yeah. and do the actual stunts. There's um, some, the in my opinion, one of the most fantastic fight sequences of all time that's been on film for how intense the action is, how the beats play, mm. um, which is a beat as every sort of, sort of second of how the stunt performers go so it goes by the the protagonist movement versus the antagonist movement and so on yeah um is the hallway sequence where his the partner's been injured right yeah and he just takes out like 18 dudes with yeah a knife it's and a so baton. good because yeah. he's got he's got the guy leaning on him for the first few dudes he takes out yeah. and then he and then he lowers him to the floor and then takes out the rest of them around the corner and stuff um but literally, when they get ambushed, he's got a guy that he's supporting, and he still manages to support him while yeah. having this whole fight sequence. Um, this was very well done. It's it's a fantastic sequence for me because um, when you know how fights are filmed, so every time there's a camera switch, that's when the scene ends. Mm. So the actual fight sequence they would have had to done. And when you watch this and you realise how long some of these sequences are and how much timing they'd have to get right and yeah. no one would have got hurt and you know they're using a dummy knife and dummy you know machetes and all sorts of other things mm-hmm. you realize how complicated that would have been to so film a lot of machetes in that movie yeah <laughs> it's like an entire gang of dudes that turn up with machetes yeah yeah and that guy the, the like head machete dude yeah doesn't blink like <laughs> he's just got the wide he's eyes he's definitely got crazy eyes he's yeah. got full-on crazy eyes the whole time he's like yeah. staring them out of it um, there's not many sort of sequences that match up directly. It's more of an ongoing sort of plot uh, with both the Raid and Dread that make them pretty identical. You know, they go from trying to fight their way out to making themselves to the point where they're like, no, screw this, let's fight our way to the top. Um, there's both sequences where people that have been handcuffed uh, slip their handcuffs. Yeah, I yeah. mentioned that because in both of them, they it's... Rather than, like, handcuffs, it's the zip ties, zip yeah. ties yeah. yeah. And both of them, they get out of them by stepping over them. Yeah. Um, and then one of them, um, it's in, sorry, in Dread, he manages to get his arm around Anderson, Anderson yeah. and then uses her gun to yeah. threaten her and yeah. get her up to level 200. Whereas in The Raid, he kills the guy that's in the room with him, but then takes their gun and goes out and shoots yeah. one of the other guys. I like that sequence because it's just like... The pre-planning of having a machete attached to the bottom of your dinner table. Yeah. Like, that's just, you know, so well done from a crazy <laughs> point of view. Yeah, yeah. 
just happen to be sitting in the right place with your machetes taped, you know. Um, it always reminds me of that sort of sequence of uh, Die Hard where he's got the gun taped to his back, you know, it's just that right. kind of setup. And going back and forward, um, there's both sequences in both movies uh, where they go out the wall in um, yeah. Dread, they get lined up on, they get stuck on a floor and they yeah. line up Mama and a clan um, mount up the most insane miniguns, which, yeah. um, as I discussed in previous episodes, would have deafened everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they killed pretty much everyone. They on killed that floor, They killed yeah. everyone on that floor except for the people they were aiming at. Yeah. Um, which is Dredd and Anderson and the guy that they want to interrogate. I can't remember his name. I totally No, because Caleb's her, like, second... Yeah. I've blanked on his name, but it yeah. doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah, so they manage... So they one of the things they do is the the minigun they're using shoots a hole in the wall and Dredd sees it and he uses that hole to explode that wall. Yeah. And then they just jump out. Even though they're on the 76th floor of the building, they just jump out of the hole in the wall and there happens to be a skate park on this, that 75th floor sticking out of the wall right in that spot. Yeah. And if you look at the megastructure, that's the only point on that whole floor, <laughs> that whole wall that has something sticking out. And in the raid, he jumps out a yeah. window with a guy. He's Rama, tackling him. Rama tackles the machete gang leader yeah and um conveniently lands on a balcony a couple of floors down yeah it was like a fire escape or something yeah and they get shot at so then he has to roll back through the window and these yeah. two junkies are like what happened man <laughs> yeah but in both cases they jump out from a high level so i think in that one it's the eighth floor so in um dread there's 200 floors in the raid there's 15, 15. floors but it's funny because the tagline of the movie is um 30 Floors of Chaos is the tagline of the movie. There's only 15 floors. Yeah, that's interesting. Why? (laughs) Someone can't count. (laughs) He's making it sound better than it is. Yeah. It's real tall, I swear. It's got 30 floors. Yeah. Um, But yes, Dread is definitely a taller building. Much taller. The sequences that I like in this um, two... Sorry, that was bad word. Um, <laughs> the sequence I like in this too. Yeah. The sequences I like in both these movies, it's just the pacing and the music doesn't overtake the... It's it's there mm-hmm. as a... What well, music should be used for in a movie, which yep. is to bring the scene up to help yep. the audience get into it. Yeah, I took it out at one point. I think it says something like, um, I would never listen to the music from Dread." outside of this context but it really fits the movie yeah yeah uh i don't know what else because everything like there's there's nothing i can say bad because normally you <laughs> we know, don't nor- have to say bad things yeah but normally it, normally with two movies one of them's worse than the other and these ones yeah. equally hold yeah, a place in my heart funny so. um because this would be one of the cases where i prefer the movie that is rated lower you prefer to read over the right yeah i like mm. dread i really like dread um, I d- not to say I didn't like the raid. I did like the raid, uh, but I don't know. There's I think maybe maybe because I'm less of an action person, more of a sci-fi person, and there's more of a sci-fi element to dread. Sure. Um, I also just love Carl Urban. Yeah. <laughs> and he's fantastic in it. He's so good. Um, um, sequences that also both line up. Um, the lights going down. 
mm-hmm. where obviously the lock-in happened and both the gang leaders calling over the intercom to the entire building saying, hey, we've got unexpected visitors, kill them for me. Yep. Um... I love some and of the both in- times they have the, the kingpin person making an announcement over the PA about them. That's what I just said. Did you? Yes. What? <laughs> but I just had like a seizure in the middle of the <laughs> I do like some of the more the more um, impromptu stuff from the raid, like when he takes a gas cylinder and sticks it on a fridge and then holds the fridge against the door. Yeah. That's clever. Yeah. Um, the raid feels a lot more real. Yeah. Um, Dread is obviously. He comes off as a superhero because it's not yeah, like. Yeah, he's not. Um, he's not a superhero, but he's. Um, yeah, it's very much. Everything is amped, uh, massively. Yeah. Whereas in the raid, it's like okay, I can see this happening. Yeah, it's a, it has a more tactile, real, like visceral feeling because you're up close and you're watching people get gunned down constantly on both sides. Yeah, and there's um, well, I thought I counted. 16 of them I think but apparently there's but then at one point he's like at least 18 of your men are dead and I was like okay so I guess there's more than 16 because it was the two drivers the two lockouts and then just count yes there was 13 of them in the back of the van I counted that and then two drivers and then the lieutenant that they meet with and then two lockouts is it so is that how many is that um 13 14 15 16 that would be 18 total which still isn't enough so there is roughly twenty to twenty-two people in, yeah. <laughs> um, and by the end of it, there's three. Yeah. Whereas in dread, there's two of them going in. There's two of them coming out. Yeah. Um, the also in the raid, there's quite a number of, um, while Tama is killed, there's quite a number of his men still alive at the end. Yeah. Whereas in dread. They seem to just wipe them out. Yeah. They just wipe out all everybody. of them. <laughs> he killed everybody. Yeah. The scene where they go into room 726. Yes. And they hide in the wall compartment. And he gets yep. slashed in the face with the machete. And then has to hold the machete as it goes th- back through his <laughs> face to get the blood off. To wipe the blood off it so they don't know he's in there. That's such an intense sequence. Yeah, it's very clever. I also really love there is a shot in that where it's um, top down. Yeah. And you can see at the bottom of our screen is him and uh, Bowo, was the other guy's name, yeah. I think, in the wall. Um, and then the rest of the screen is filled up with the room top down where you can see the guys with the machetes coming in. Um and you know something's going to happen here, and they're yeah. going to figure out that there's a, a wall space there. Um, but thankfully, they don't find them. But it is. There's, a, there's I think, three times I made, I made note of those, like, top ten sequences. So there's that one, and then there's in the fight with um, Andy and Mad Dog and Rama. Yeah. There is a, a top-down shot right when he is, like, swung up and hits the light, and the light breaks, yeah. and the light starts swinging, and you see the shadows moving and stuff. And then the third one is right at the end when him and Andy are talking and then they walk in opposite directions. The two Mad Dog um, fight sequences are so brutal. I really wanted to have Rama and my um, Mad Dog fight one-on-one. Mm. I thought it was, it was I think a cop-out whole... to have them, have them two versus one. I think the whole point is, is that like I think a lone Mad Dog would have won. Yeah. Because he's just so OP. Yeah, but I think when you get the sequence where Mad Dog is fighting 
uh, Jacka. Yeah. Had to blank for a second. Say like, sergeant. Um. Yeah. When he's this, you've got a sequence where he's fighting him alone, and that guy is like he's supposed to be the dread of this crew, whereas yeah. um Rama, who is our main character, is actually supposed to be the Anderson. He's the rookie. Yeah. Um. So when you see him fighting Jacka, and it, it's an intense fight sequence, and really good. Um. And then he kills him in the end. Um from that moment you're like, oh I need Rama to get you know, to kill this guy, to yeah. get vengeance. Um so I thought it was a little bit of a dampener that it's two two versus one. But I guess it also wouldn't make sense for it to be one on one. Yeah. When he when his sergeant couldn't fight him one on one. Yeah. So the I just wanted him to be dread in that moment. Yeah. You know? The sequences that I thoroughly like the fight, like this constant sort of I don't even know what the word for it is. Um it's like ongoing themes uh, where people get hit onto things and mm. it looks so much more brutal. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't look cheesy because it's the camera work is very close. This The sequence where he pulls the guy's neck down on the broken door. Yeah. And there's just like the shards of wood going up through him. Yeah. Horrific. I love it. The because there's lots of like um, both seek both movies have a drug lab fight. Yes. And the one in the raid um, looks so much more insane because it just... They like, would have... Listen, my problem with that is they would all been so high. They're kicking <laughs> up dust. Of, so in, in Dread, it's all like in little test tubes. It's, like, it's a thing that you inhale. It's like a liquid that you inhale or something. So it's all in little test tubes and scientists and they all run away, whatever. In the raid it's just cocaine everywhere yeah and it's just tables full of cocaine and they get up and run on the tables and slide on them and they're sending clouds of cocaine everywhere their whole clothes are covered in cocaine it's all over their faces and so it's like all of these men are really high right now <laughs> that's probably why they're fighting so brutally <laughs> like they're just breathing in cocaine yeah and so i don't yeah it was bizarre to me but it's funny because um, what I loved is obviously they wanted to have this fight sequence on the table, but like, um, it seems unnecessary. Almost. It's it's unnecessary because it's not the bad guy who does it, and when he gets there, so it's I think it's is it Rama who has the fight. On yeah, it? Rama just jumps up on the yeah, table. Yeah, so Rama rounds a corner and just immediately jumps on the table full of cocaine and starts running along it, and then the bad guy comes around the other corner and is like, oh okay, he's on the table. I guess I'll do that and jumps up on the table and runs at him. And they have a fight sequence on the table. But there was no reason for Rama to jump up there in the first place. Because it looks cool. Why would he do it? He's like special ops SWAT team guy. Why would he be like, I'm going to jump up and run on that table? He's no high reason. on cocaine. You've already explained it. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. That was, yeah, that sequence was bizarre. I still like people getting kicked up onto things, though. Yeah. I like this. There was this a guy that he, like, throws down to the next floor. And it's interesting because, obviously, in oh, yeah, the just... raid, there's a few people that are thrown and they just fall straight down. Whereas yeah. in this, he throws them and he hits the balcony opposite and just breaks his back. Yeah. And then the other guy comes out behind him and just stares at the dead guy. He's, like, horrified. Yeah, there's great, there's great moments of um, stunt work and just brutality. Mm-hmm. In both these movies, because it's more in dread, it's more gunfire, like especially like the original raid sequence in dread, where they go into the where um, 
they're all then like the slow-mo den where they're doing slow-mo and then you have that sequence where the door charge goes off and blows everybody in and they're obviously using quite heavy fans mm-hmm. um, to do the filming because you see people like the blast wave hitting people and then you see like the bullets literally going through people in the slow-mo sequence. That's really brutal, but in a different way. Yeah. It's not watching someone get stabbed in the neck with a broken fluorescent light and then fighting for, like, Ooh. another couple of seconds before they, like, yank it through his Yeah, throat. he pulls it across as... Yeah. It's... Yeah. I think we should watch The Raid 2. Um, <laughs> just, just outside the podcast. Just outside, just for fun. Just yeah. for funsies. Just because, for funsies with The Raid um, 2. Well, The Raid 2 is set in a prison, is it? No. Oh, okay. Well, then I don't know what IMDb was talking about. Because apparently this movie was really... With the writer wanted it to be set in a prison, and then he wrote it the way it is. But then they said he got the prison movie he wanted in the sequel, so I don't know. Is there more than one sequel? No. I, I won't spoil I'm not going to give you spoilers. Okay, don't spoilers it for me, then. Yeah. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything bad uh, to say. I think everything about these movies is just perfect except for the fact that Dread didn't get a sequel which I'm still cut up about I would watch listen if they decide to make it 10 years later ten, listen I've seen Carl Urban you've seen him in The Boys yeah. he could do Dread again I don't think that he would have any problem doing Dread again yeah if you put Carl Urban in the Dread suit he would just turn back into Dread immediately I'd watch it yeah I don't know what they would do as the next movie what other movie they'd copy Um, but I'd watch it. Yeah, I'd watch Carl and be dread again. Let's just watch dread again after this. (laughs) Um, I I don't think because the plot of uh, Judge Dread was to be slow is very. It's taken from the comics, Mm. the two thousand eighty comics. Um, but it's a lot of it crammed into such a small amount. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you lose a lot of the um, nuance yeah. of the storytelling. Oh, I think Dread is perfect because it is literally just like, this is just one day of his normal it's life. It's literally just one day. The whole movie takes place in one day. Yeah. In both cases. Yeah. Um, I feel like the raid is a little bit more real time. Whereas I think Dread... I don't know. Yeah, because they, they tend to take breaks a little bit more in, in the raid because they're just, like, literally exhausted or yeah. looking after wounded people or trying to figure out what to do. Where I think in Dread it's very, yeah. very linear of, you know, we go to this floor, we shoot a bunch of people, we go to this yeah, floor, Yeah, but we in shoot Dread there's also, like, the motorcycle scene at the beginning, you don't know, like, time-wise where that is in relation to them actually going to the yeah. the block, and it, there's a lot of cutting between them and Mama and her crew, whatever, whereas in the raid, it feels like everything is happening in sequence. See, in my mind, that he, he gears up, because it has a sequence of him going over the mega cities and then him, like, literally wrapping his knuckles and then mm-hmm. putting his uniform on, and then he jumps on his motorbike. Then they have that car chase sequence of the yeah. guys driving away. And then he gets back, and they have the... And then he has the interaction with his superior and... Anderson. Anderson and then takes her out for the, the yeah the day. But it's not very specific. Whereas I feel like the raid is this happens and this happens. Yeah, they turn like up it's... early in the morning. Guys coming home to take us get a sick wife medicine. Yeah, you know who's ends up being in seven two six and you know he's a nice person and not everybody yeah. in this building's a criminal. And... Uh, yeah, I think that's um the equivalent. He's supposed to be the equivalent of the um 
medic or a pathologist or whatever it is that they meet when they first get to the block in Dread. But it's interesting because there's a they they go different ways because that is in both cases that's the first person they meet, and then also the person they go to for protection. Yeah. But in um, and with an injured person or with a, a person that they want to keep hidden. Yeah. And in um, Dread, the guy's like, no, you guys are already dead, so why would I... Yeah, why would I help you? Yeah, why would I help you? Whereas in the raid, the guy's like, okay, all right. And he even says that, you know, because Rama says to him, you know, not every cop can be bought, and he said, if I believed that they could, I wouldn't have let you in. Yeah. Um. So it's both of them are showing hope for each other because Rama is believing... Not everyone in this block is bad because I know this guy isn't, and yeah. that guy is saying, "Well, not every cop is bad." Crooked, yeah. yeah, because I know this guy isn't. Um, so they're kind of each other's saviors a little bit. But the crooked judges in Dread is interesting as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite part about the crooked judges is so they have they sent three of them after Dread because they know what Dread is like, and then one of them after the rookie because. And what she says is... No, because she's already kidnapped. She's already Yes, yeah, captured. the rookie's already captured, but then she escapes. Yeah. And so the the last judge says, I'll go after her. And she says, um, you know, she's going to think I'm here to help. So if I see her first, I'll shoot her. If she sees me first, she'll hesitate and then I'll shoot her. Yeah. She doesn't know that she's a psychic. Yeah. And also she doesn't know the hell she's been through so far on that day. Yeah. So Anderson sees her and she says something and Anderson just immediately knows that it's a lie and just shoots her and keeps walking. Yeah. <laughs> and it's perfect. Because that's a real turnaround point for Anderson as well, I think. Yeah. Because earlier in the movie, she was hesitating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dread is funny with the other guys. Cause that's when you get that um, drug lab fight scene is him versus... The, the t- two others. Yeah. yeah. So he's killed one, but it's... Yeah, it's great how he does it as well, or like how he knows, because it's the guy shows up and he's like, I'm here as your backup. Um, because when they had gotten out onto that skate park, miraculously, yeah. they had managed to radio for backup, mm. um, and then they had gone back inside. So this guy shows up and he's like, oh, I'm your backup, you called them this thing, don't worry, we're going to do this. And then Dredd is like, two. And he's like, what do you mean two? And he's like, two people called him for backup. I'm wondering why you didn't ask about the second. And then he just fights him. Yeah. The <laughs> throat in. Yeah. Um... Yeah. I like that wait sequence. It's like, big bad dread, and when you're about to die, the thing you see is wait, and then you get shot, and it's just like, yeah, wait for her to shoot you on the back. Yeah, yeah. And then just perform surgery on himself. Dread, oh, listen, nothing phases this man. Yeah. So dread is like, you've got the motorcycle sequence at the beginning, and he's just like, oh, they killed a the pedestrian, I could take him down now. Yeah. And then they're holding someone hostage, and like, I don't have time for this, you're dead. And he kills him, and then he's doing something else, you know, and... You have that he's totally not phased by killing the other judge and then kill it, and then he's shot and is like, Okay, time to do some first aid. Alright, let's keep going. And then when you get to the end sequence where it's him him and Anderson versus Mama and they've wiped out everyone else, Mama has put a trigger that's like a, a dead man switch. Yeah, dead man switch. So it's she's literally put this trigger to a she's rigged the whole floor with explosives. Enough to take out the top fifty floors, which will bring the entire building down. Is exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um and she has rigged this to her she's literally plugged it into her arm so it's mm. based on her pulse and if she dies, it's all gonna explode. And Red's like I don't give a shit. And he just shoots her. He shoots her in the gut, <laughs> then gives her slow-mo, and then pushes her out the window. And yeah, the yeah. Most... So he says to her, like, the drop is a, is a kilometre. Yeah. Um, how, that's 
you know, 200 floors of concrete, how good do you think the signal is on that thing? Yeah. And then he gives her slow-mo and <laughs> pushes her out the window and she falls 200 floors. And then when she... And he literally is up the top not knowing if he's going to explode. And he watches her and then she lands and dies. He's like, huh. And just walks off. And he's yeah. like, all right, Dredd. Nothing phases that man. No. I absolutely love it. There's... The slow-mo sequences in this movie are fantastic. Um, yes. Like I said to you, I had watched this in 3D. Um, for you at home who don't know, if you have a PS4 or PS5 with VR, you can watch 3D movies using the VR headset, and they look... They're not great because it's not the best resolution. Mm. Um, it's not like our gorgeous 4K TV out there. Yep. Um, but it still looks insane, mm. and it's an easy way without buying a, in my opinion and the market's opinion, a sort of, what's the word? What's the nice way of putting it? Um, phasey kind of piece of technology because mm. they were everywhere for a while. Everybody I went over, you know, everybody, everybody I went over to that had a really nice place had one of these stupid three D TVs, and you had to buy like hundred and twenty dollar goggles to go with it. Right. I knew some. Oh, the person I lived with in Australia had a three D TV and never yeah. used the three D function of it. No one ever did. I don't think she even knew how to use it. To yeah. be perfectly honest, but like, you know, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. It's it's not the same as seeing three D in cinema, and even then, three D is gimmicky thing in cinema. Yeah. I find. I think it it blew up after Avatar. Mm. And then obviously the technology was available yeah, for it was, home. It was it big in the. I feel like it was big in the nineties for a little bit, and then disappeared, and then came back. So it's one of those things that comes back in a cycle. I think three D. I think really. it just has to be one movie mm. that does it, and this round it was Avatar, and then every. Yeah. Movie well, next year, later this year, I guess we'll have Avatar two. Yeah. We'll all be getting their three D movie. But I mean, I saw. Movies. I think I saw the first Avengers movie in three D, and you know. Like, I definitely saw Rogue One for the first time in 3D. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, and that's quite late. Yeah. I, I tended, though, in fairness, when 3D was a big thing, I still tended to avoid the 3D movies. I just was like, what? It doesn't add enough for me to want to pay the extra. It was like three or a lecture or something to see it in 3D, and I wasn't bothered. Mm. Even if you brought your own glasses. I think the glasses here are only $5. I've, I've got several pairs that I'm floating yeah. around in my junk, so it's not like, you know, yeah. they were expensive to buy. It's like the price of a uh, large popcorn, really. <laughs> I'd um, rather have the popcorn. Yeah, but you can't take the popcorn home with you. Well, technically you do. It's, you can't enjoy it a second time. Maybe. Um, some people might, but I yeah. wouldn't want to try it. Anyway. Let's move on to some trivia. Um, just because you were talking about the slow-mo stuff, this is my favourite piece of trivia that I found. The slow-motion sound effect is a Justin Bieber song slowed down 800 times. Gross. <laughs> I do love those slow-mo sequences, though, because yeah. they, they heighten everything. It's like they slow it down ridiculously, but they also up the contrast and up the um, saturation and stuff, and everything is like... Crystal, you know, like everything is sparkly yeah. and stuff, and it's it's better than I'd say. It's like the next, like the Matrix one did slow mo and that forced perspective thing mm. really well, and the, this was just like a little bit of up, 
This was another level, another yeah. couple of steps up above that, which is literally everything looking slow motion rather than just a, a false perspective or a cold yeah, spin yeah. kick but thing. But they really make this about... So this is... Every time something is in slow motion, it is supposed to be what your mind would see if you were taking this slow-mo drill. Yeah. Um, so everything is heightened, everything is like really bright, really contrasted, really saturated, like everything is these, like, it's just, because the whole rest of the movie is not very colourful. Yeah. It's very dark and very, you know, dusty and muck and, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you get these real bright sequences where you're like, ooh, sparkly, and it's like, in ridiculous moments, because it's like, as she's falling to her death, like, ooh, shiny, and then she just, her face just explodes when she hits the... Can we talk about Lena Headley for a second? Um, yeah. I think for a movie that wasn't playing off her, like, beauty, mm. like, because I think Game of Thrones, she's very, like, a, a Black Widow-esque character, you know, she's luring men in to kill them. I guess a little bit. She, yeah, she's very power and beauty, but evil, very uh, yeah. Disney princess bad guy-esque. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, I could see her as like an evil queen or something, yeah. you know, in, in Snow White or something. But unless she's gritty, her teeth are gross. Oh, her teeth are disgusting. Her face is all slashed up, you know, yeah. she's not playing her beauty as the character as a string. Yeah, and what she's known for is biting a guy's dick off, right? Yeah, That's yeah. literally... She feminized somebody with her teeth. Yes, yeah. that is how they phrase it, yes. Yeah. Um... So like that's why all the dudes are scared of her. Yeah. Um. And it's so it's it's interesting. So she's got a huge power dynamic there, but it's not, as you said, not to do with looks or anything. Yeah. Apparently, I think she was supposed to originally be an an elderly woman, and then Lena Headey was like, "Can we make her a middle aged woman who's yeah. just like a dirtbag and like a, you know, that's really the, angry?" Because <laughs> that's the other thing. Like in most of these movies. Especially where you have like over the top crime, they're always like really well. Like I think I feel it's your like your Lex Luthers, your Penguins, your mm. you know their um, kingpins. They're well dressed yeah. versus both these look like they shop at Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean that's the thing is that they're kingpins in slum areas. Like yeah. they're really like grotto type. You know, but the first thing they did was when they got power and money, they didn't go buy Armani suits. Like no, yeah, they they produced a whole lot of drugs yeah. and you know, and buy off people because obviously she's got a whole lot of the judges in her pocket. Yeah, he's got the police in his pocket. Yeah, uh, because that's the thing you find out about Tama is um the lieutenant who has them on this mission is basically has been in the pocket of Tama and thinks he's there to execute Tama. Yeah. But Tama is actually or he's actually been sent there to be killed by Tama's men. Yeah. And Tama's like, no, they the guys that called you called me first. There was like, a setup within a setup. Yeah. Yeah. Um but again he's obviously bought out a whole lot of people. Mm. Um so they both have a lot of power externally as well. Yeah. Um as well as within the block that they're in. Um but Any more trivia? Um, you want to say? I don't know. The they had what I thought was interesting is both movies had body counts in the IMDb trivia. Yeah. Um. So for the raid, it was one hundred and twenty-one, which feels accurate. Yeah. In dread, it says one hundred and two, 
Which is no way. I think it must be just bodies that you physically see on screen. Yeah. Because they wiped out an entire floor at one point. Yeah. And there would have been more than 100 people probably in that floor. Yeah. But 102 that you see on screen. That's what I would assume it is. Mm. So the raid had more bodies visible. Yeah. Um, well, like, there is these sequences where he takes out, like, 18 dudes and one yeah. doorway. Yeah. <laughs> so does Dread. Dread. Well, I, I think the most he takes out in one sequence is 11, is it? Yeah. Um, but still, he's taking out a lot of men. Yeah. Um, Comparison-wise, I thought it was interesting, obviously, that you had the... 20 odd guys in one who are all getting picked off one by one because mm. they, they don't know quite what they've signed up for. Whereas in the other, you've got the two and everyone assumes they're dead. Like yeah. the, you know, Mama and her guys assume they're going to die. All the people who won't let them in their doors assume they're going to die. The guy, the medic guy is like, you're already dead. Yeah. Um, the other, the other, in fairness, the other judges are still cocky and think they can take them down. Yeah. But the guy is, they've asked for a million credits and she's like, a million? And he's like, uh, you've got a problem with the judge. Do you know who he is? And she's like, no. And he's like, I do. One million. <laughs> <laughs> so he knows that ju- that dread is going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, he just he overestimates himself, I think. A little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, but it's interesting that you have the two people in that that then just survive to the end of it yeah. but um dread feels like a character who can do that yeah because he's played very well and he's written very well yeah just want to watch more um carl urban more carl urban movies okay we'll rewatch the boys shall we we'll <laughs> oh when's the next season it oh, hasn't been announced That's very i annoying. looked it up yesterday after we watched that <laughs> dread yeah this is my recommendation to me at home Watch the boys. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really and if you good... have watched it, watch it again. Yeah, watch it again. Tell us what you think of the boys. We're not going to do an episode about it because we can't. But this is probably the closest we would get to an episode about it anyway because yeah. it is a comic book movie or a comic book um, adaptation. And Robert with... Kirkman. Hmm. Hmm. And with our lovely friend Carl Urban. Yeah. Because, you know, we got to shout out those Kiwi actors. Yeah. Anything else you want to say before we um, write this up? No, I don't think so. I think we covered pretty much all the notes, that was, or at least most of the notes that I had about, um, you know, things that were similar in both. Yeah. And I think then, yeah, I feel like we've covered it pretty well. They're both good movies. Yeah. I would recommend both of them. Do we want to do box office budget? Yeah, I don't think it's going to work because one of them's a, I don't know. I think to me the Raid Redemption was kind of underground-y. Like, yeah, it was so very Mad Men, just you know. So Raid Redemption had a budget of one point one million. Wow, how much was Dreads? Uh, fifty million. Well, that's not that bad. I was thinking like seventy to a hundred. Yeah, so Dreads budget was fifty million. Dread only made forty-one million in box office, so it flopped oh, essentially. Oh no! But it's. We're never gonna get yeah. a sequel. That's pro- that will be why we haven't got a sequel. Yeah. So it only made forty one million box off. Maybe we just need to buy like a whole lot of DVD copies of it and then they'll we will do a sequel. That only works for T V shows. Oh no. You can buy get... a whole bunch of the copies of the D V like the Blu ray and the D V D and then they get a movie. Oh yeah? yeah. Okay. That's how Firefly works. So if we do that with Dread, will they make a Dread T V show? I'd watch Carl Urban on a Dread T V show. Yeah, Let's I be think, real. I, I think everybody would. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, so the raid was budget of one point one million and it made nine point three million. Yeah, that's pretty so that's not a huge amount to make, but it is for you know it's nine times the budget. Yeah. So um, so it was very successful. Yeah. But it's not obviously not you know blockbuster film. Yeah. Um, in terms of rating, Dread is a seven point one on IMDb and the raid has seven point six, so they're pretty close. Uh, and I would easily recommend both of these films to people. Yeah. If you've seen one, watch the other. If you've seen both, then rewatch them, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or if you've seen either of them, watch them both. Yeah. If you've seen one, watch them both. Yeah. Just watch them both. Just watch all everything. <laughs> They're very... Because I will say, um, you would be biased because you love action films. Yeah. I'm not a big action film person, but I really enjoyed both those movies. So I would say, even if you don't consider yourself to be an action movie fan... I would recommend the movies to you. Yeah. Especially Dread. Yeah. Because it's got that kind of little bit superhero-y, little bit sci-fi. Yeah. A lot of Carl Urban being Carl Urban. Very much so. Yeah. All right. Are we done? I think so. Okay. Uh, thank you all for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ItTakesTwo underscore pod, on Facebook at ItTakesTwoPod, and our website is ItTakesTwo.co.nz. I'm still surprised you always remember that. <laughs> I have. I mean, I say it so often it's at this fair point, enough. and I put it in the show notes, and you know. Thank you everyone for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.